When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this edition of Peak to Pit, Alley Peak, alongside TJ Pittinger. Pretty historic day today, TJ, huh? Yeah, this day only comes around, well, every four to eight years, somewhere in there. Numbers that you're very familiar with, obviously. But um, yeah, historic day. I I think you and the you and the girls watched the inauguration today. Um, so what were what what was it like watching it with them, hanging out with them? Well, them see it first one they remember i would assume yeah i mean it's going to be the first one that they remember i mean hopefully they remember it they're six who knows maybe they don't even remember this one but um yeah i i had them watch my kids are doing um uh virtual school so they are home with me 24 7 and have been for 10 months um anyway so we we watched it and i you know i'm one of those people that regardless of who gets elected i am always just in awe of Inauguration Day. I think that it is so cool. I think that the fact that we have had a peaceful transition of power every four years since the late 1700s without fail, come hell or high water, doesn't matter if it's we're in the middle of a war, a depression, uh, uh, you know, whatever, it happens is something that really is uniquely American, especially when you look at the history of basically every other country in the world. Like it is such, I think it's such a moving day and I love it no matter what, no matter who is, who won the election. I just think it's really cool. And it, um, today was no different. Uh, it was really neat to watch, um, Kamala Harris get sworn in, uh, watched it with my daughters, talked to them about how cool it was. They were slightly less impressed than I was. My daughter reminded me that, well, mom, she still has to listen to the president. So I don't know that it's as exciting as you think it is. And I was like, well, listen, woman has never had this job before. It is cool. It is a glass ceiling that's shattered. I, you know, I, I don't know if this, you, if you've gotten to this point with Elena or, or not, but these things that used to not affect me at all, um, for me personally, carry a different meaning now that I do have daughters. I never really thought about when I was in high school whether or not I could or would be president or or hold some type of title that other people didn't. I guess maybe the closest thing to that is that I always w- wanted to work in sports and there were not that many women that worked in sports and there really still aren't, but the number is a lot higher than it was when I was little. Um, and it never really crossed my mind that it was something that I couldn't do just because there weren't a lot of women doing it at the time, but it never, I don't know. I just wasn't something that weighed, um, particularly heavy on me. But now that I have four daughters, it is something that I think about. And I, I was cool to see. And, and, you know, it's, it's neat to know that there's one less, 
barrier for our kids. I look forward to the day where we don't have anything left to celebrate. It's just, you know, the best, most qualified person, regardless of, of gender, of race, creed, whatever gets the job. Um, but it was neat. And you said you didn't really have time to watch today though. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the office and there were some people kind of crowded around the TV, but you know, I had to do work and, and get tweets off. So, um, these Barry Sanders memes weren't going to make themselves. So, um, <laughs> they are hysterical. So, I mean, I, I, I was in the gym for a little bit today and Biden's speech was on while I was in the gym. And so, uh, I mean, like I caught bits and pieces of it. I did see when Garth Brooks sang. So um, I was, it was, it was not hilarious when he ran basically yeah. through the audience and he hugged like running, every former president that was there yeah, with his mask Maskless, off, like super, yes. super spreader. Although, I, you know, I, we're 10 months into this. Like I'm, I'm over that anyway. So like, I don't care that he did that, but I thought it was funny. Like I wish I could have heard what they were saying when he did that. Cause I'm like, I was wondering if they were thinking like, what are you doing Garth? But anyway, uh, Garth Bush is loved like, it. I don't know if you saw yeah. Bush, but Bush oh, loved yeah, it. He did. Bush is immune to everything. So, um, yeah. So Garth was really cool. He's my country music goat, like on like oh, for males. Yes. So like uh, he's above everyone to me. So I mean, I think my was, top concert awesome. I've ever been to is Garth in the Swamp on our wedding anniversary. What's what is your wedding anniversary? April twenty first. It actually was okay. April twentieth. The next day was Easter, so it was the night before our anniversary. But April twentieth, it was amazing. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember it being like a weird date. We were going to go, but I. The only thing that, that would have made it. I think it was, Kara was, it was, Kara two years was ago. pregnant. Yeah. Uh, Kara was, Kara Kara was, was pregnant. not pregnant because I was just barely pregnant with these wait, twins. Wait, 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 wait. Garth okay, in the Swamp was, it was about two years ago. Um, no, 2019. 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. And. Yeah. Uh, well, then we that, just had a little baby and she didn't want to go, but. That's the only thing that would have made the the night better for me is if I was able to drink, but I was like six weeks, eight weeks pregnant with the twins. So could not drink. And we were in Gainesville and I ended up having to tell three different bartenders that I was pregnant because they're the same bartenders from when I was in college and they all tried to get me to take shots. So she's just taking them. the bartenders in Gainesville knew I was pregnant far before anybody else in our life. did. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so Garth was there. That was cool. And then yeah, like it's a really I mean, I love DC. I mean, you know, it's kind of a feels like a war zone right now, but I love DC. In fact, I think we're gonna go either this year or next year. We had plans to go, you know, last year, 2020, around the fourth of July. I just feel like that'd be a cool time to go to DC. Yeah. Um, and obviously with COVID and everything, it, it didn't work out. But hoping to go again soon. I haven't been since I was in college about 10 years ago. And so I love DC. I love all the history. I love um, you know, the museums and the monuments and everything that's there. Um, when I was in eighth grade, we got, I don't even, I, I don't even know if you can still do this just like as a private citizen or have to get invited, but like we took, we, we've been in the white house, like we've taken tours and stuff like that. So that was fun. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, they, you know, regardless of, you know, who you vote for, who you didn't vote for, who you, who you like and who you don't like, like it is just, it is such a cool event experience date. It's kind of like when the state of the unions happen, right? Like you can not like anybody, but like for all of Congress to be there together, like the pomp and circumstance that happens with it. Like it, it is cool in our nation's history. Like you said, the, the peaceful transfer of power is, is something neat to see. I, I obviously probably more contested this year than it's ever been, but, um, you know, need to see that 
in four years or eight years, we'll do it again, right? One way right. or the other. So, um, well, we do also, it every four, even if it's the same person. It just is whether or not it will be the same person or not, right? right. Don't we do I mean, it? No. We do it, and don't we do it if they if they win re-election? Don't we do it anyway? I don't think he would get sworn in again. Would well, he? I guess you wouldn't get sworn in again. Yeah, but, but I mean, there do, may be like a ceremony, but yeah, it's not it's not like an official swearing in or somebody leaving. Um, I'm also so I you know not to get too political. I am somewhat looking forward to this. Um, administration, uh, David Hale, who I've got a chance to talk with, uh, tweeted yes, this the today. inauguration of the president yeah. of the United States does take place every four years. It's even if it's a new president. I mean, even if it's not a new president, really see, you learn something yes. new so there you every go. day. Um, under, so I'm, I'm excited for this administration for a very selfish reason, which I guess everybody votes for selfish reasons, but, um, under Democrats, Florida since 1977, around the time Bobby got Florida State is 212 and 41 with three national championships. Under Republicans, still good, 187 and 93, but no national championships. So, I mean, almost double uh, the amount of, or you know, half as many losses, a lot more wins, three more titles. So, I think that. Um, I think that's what we needed. We needed a Democrat back in office so that Florida State could, could kind of get back to normal. So um, I'm excited for that. <laughs> I He didn't tweet anything about UF's numbers, so I don't have any really up, updates on that. I would think that, well, no, 2000. Yeah, it would be probably better. 2006 was under uh, Bush. 2008 was under Obama. Um, no, no, no. 2008 would have been under 2008 Bush was yeah, uh, because because uh, like the year. Okay, well, he it happened in Obama January wouldn't. of '09, though, is when the game happened. Well, the inauguration was after the game. Like the game my, wouldn't have been. Well, before. I'll tell you this: my brother was on the '08 team, and when he went to the White House a couple weeks after winning, he shook Obama's hand. Obama, but Obama wasn't in office the night that they won, because the uh, inauguration would have happened on the twentieth. And the championships were right, that late. Right, right, right. Well, okay. So, so they that it happened like his first week in office or whatever that they yeah. went up and met him because my brother met Obama and Eric met Bush. And then ninety six would have been under Clinton. So you guys are kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, we've won all three of ours the other way. Um, speaking of winning national championships, Alabama becomes the second team all time to go undefeated. And win a national championship in the BCS college football playoff era. The only only two programs have ever done that: Alabama now and Florida State. So Alabama comes out and good game in the first half. I know it's been a week or week and a half since this happened, and we'll be quick on this. But good game in the first half, and then Ohio State just didn't really have a prayer after halftime. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think they had a prayer the entire game. There, uh, it never felt close. Right. Or at least it didn't to me. It never felt it never felt close. But Alabama is such a freaking well-oiled machine. That was incredible to watch. It was so fun. I don't know if you watched going into halftime where they interviewed Saban and they asked him, um, you know, they whatever the typical questions. What 
how were you able to figure out X? What are you going to change about Y? Blah, blah, blah. And he made the comment that, you know, this game, Ohio State's a great team. And, you know, we're going to this locker room like the score is 0-0. And then he couldn't even help it. He smiled, which Saban doesn't really do. He cracks this smile that he like literally tries to hide because – Sure as heck, he was not actually going in there like it's zero zero because they were working Ohio State and and he had their number. But that was the most amusing part of that entire game to me was that smile that he literally couldn't contain. But damn, Alabama is good. Yeah. Well, it it felt I mean, early in the game, in the first and second quarters, like it felt like it was going to be close. Yeah, at least never for a half. To me. I don't know. I mean, it was it was seven seven after the first quarter. In the second quarter, um, Alabama scored. Then Ohio State scored to tie it up, and then Alabama scored, and then Ohio State scored again to make it twenty one seventeen. And from there is when the wheels absolutely came off. Um, Alabama scores a touchdown. Ohio State goes three and out. Alabama scores another touchdown, and all of a sudden. A seventeen to twenty-one game with not with all, with not much time left in the half, right? Like with five minutes to go in the half, you're down by four to Alabama. You feel decent down by four with five minutes to go until halftime. Um, two Alabama, two quick Alabama touchdowns basically make it game over, right? You, you're not going to come back on Alabama from down eighteen, and so. Uh, the second yeah. half was never competitive. Um, and it really felt like, you know, I thought watching the game that the game was never in jeopardy, even when it was close, but it just felt like Ohio state gave everything they had to be able to be somewhat close. Yeah. And that was the end of it, right? Like they tried their very best. Um, in the second half, Alabama started out with a field goal and then Ohio state scored a touchdown to, to make it a two score game again. But then Alabama scored on their next two possessions, and and obviously that ended the game. So, um, you know, luckily for Ohio State, that was only week eight of their season, so they'll they'll probably be set um, <laughs> when they pick back up and play. Or we may have found out that the last the last game that the twenty twenty Ohio State team played was truly against Clemson. Maybe their team to take a page out of your coach's book maybe their team was not focused after that one and and blah 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 this game this game counts for 2021 that's not the 2020 team so anyway not the best result for ohio state but i think the what kind of we all expected alabama sheesh they were insane i mean like just everything they try to do is ridiculous Uh, so i can't wait to see they them reload with the monsters they'll have last or next year (laughs) At their recruiting class that they currently have in the works, there is potentially going to be the highest rated cl- recruiting class that they have ever signed, um, which is wild. The rich just get richer. Um, it's what Saban has done at Ohio State is really, really hard to emphasize. Or excuse me, at um, at Alabama is really hard to emphasize enough. Like I don't, I don't. I think he's the best coach we've ever seen in college football. I don't know that we'll see anything like this ever again in our lifetime. I, I just, it is incredible. The machine that he has built there. Yeah. I mean, he's, 
It's so funny too when you talk about like the top coaches in college football because I even and we'll get to him in a minute, but even like when Urban was there and then Jimbo had just won, like you had your like your top coaches, but there is there was such a wide gap. Even it's like who are your top coaches? Well, we all know Saban's number one, but then there's the argument of like, oh, there's Urban and there's well, Jimbo and there's when Chris Urban Peterson first started, uh, Saban wasn't there, so that that is part of it as well. When uh, Mike Shula was who was at Alabama and that's how and Shula Tebow was down between Alabama and Florida. And the reason he, w- he liked Alabama and Alabama was even like up there with UF is because he had such a good relationship with Shula. So uh, that I want to say Saban came, he either came in 07 or 08, 06. They, it, he, they weren't playing Saban. So urban got to kind of have his moment in the sec and then Saban came in and was like, oh, okay, scoot over. I got this. Yeah. Um, Drove him out of town with the yeah. heart problems and stuff. So, well, um, drove him to the so, NFL now. So, um, yeah, Saban is undoubtedly the best college football coach that ever existed. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, to, to argue that, like, I don't even know what leg you I start don't know. To I, yeah, on. me like, neither. You know, I mean, and when you think of like, the great runs. I mean, you think about like the great runs that people have had, like uh, Paterno having the most wins and Bowden finishing top five, 14 straight years. And that's obviously insane. Meyer winning three titles with two different schools and like your great coaches to win seven titles in 14 years is so much more absurd than anything that I can even wrap my mind around. Like, yeah. like it's crazy to finish top five, 14 straight years. Like just the consistent excellence is awesome. The three titles in a short period of time at two different schools, really, really impressive. Um, the Paterno having the most wins, like that's insane. Like just doing it for four decades. For that like long, he did. sure. So, but the fact that you, I mean, it's not, I don't want to make it like it's not that hard, but it's not that hard to just continue to just churn out like nine, 10 win seasons and didn't coach for 40 years. Like if you just coach forever, you can get to the most coached. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying if you just coach forever and you continue with an above, you know, like if you're a good coach, like if urban Meyer coached for 40 years, he would break Paterno's record. Right. Like, so say like, that's kind of the idea that I'm like a good coach can do that. But Paterno wasn't winning titles like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Bowden finished top five all those years in a row. He wasn't winning titles like that, you well, know. So to be um, fair to the, to Bowden and to Paterno, it was a different time in that you know uh, Paterno tells this story about um, when they had at one one year where they either had an undefeated season or only one loss or whatever, waiting by the phone for Bear Bryant to call to let him know if they got to play Alabama in the national championship game or not, and um and what was going to be the de facto national championship game, the bowl game. And he and he talks about telling his assistant, listen, I have to go to the bathroom. If uh if he calls, if Bear calls, come and get me out of the bathroom because I, you know, I need to talk to him. And so I I do think and not the, and not to take away from anything that Saban did at all, but I do think it's slightly different when you have a playoff system, when you have, uh, you know, the kind of national, uh, audience on TV that you have as opposed to regional. Um, you know, I do think that that is different. Um, and obviously yeah, recruiting sure. is different and it, it, you know, I, it's one of those things like same like major league baseball, like, can you judge players and pre-steroid era 
like you do now or, you know, whatever, a different time, different place. But I don't think there's any arguing that Saban is the best to ever do it. I don't know how yeah. you argue that. No, and I agree. I don't think there's any way that you can. Um, yeah, speaking on the playoff system, I mean, you think about all those years that FSU finished in the top five, how many of those years would they have been in the playoff, right? Like, and it, it's it's obviously much easier. Yeah, you're right. It's easier to win a national championship now because you get the grace. Easier. It's just you. You have you have more room for fair system. Not that I like the playoff system, but it's more fair than Bear Bryant picking who he's playing in a bowl game, and that determines the national championship. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) certainly over that. I mean, I don't know that that was my my point. Was like you. There's more room for error. Like if you lost a game in the eighties, nineties, you. You usually weren't. I think there's more room for error, but I do think that we, so ha- in in general, it's a little bit more fair. If there was some incredible team uh, that just had, you know, that lost by a point, you have a less of a chance of getting screwed over now than you did then. Um, Correct. Yeah. But so, I mean, I think, I think if Bowden or Paterno or you know Meyer coached his whole year, you know, if there was a playoff in the eighties and nineties. Well, and Spurrier could have know. benefited from that. Yeah. Uh, you so, know, there were multiple times where, where that game was one two in going into it. Yeah. So, um, so we talked a little bit about the playoff NFL playoffs have not been great lately. <laughs> None of the game. Are you watching these games? I, yeah. I mean, I've, Thoroughly enjoyed the Bucks Saints game. Oh yeah, like so. If you're a fan of a team, like yeah, you like it when your team wins. But all of the games, that game wasn't bad. That they, that game was no, that uh, was close the best the of quarter. the of the games. The rest of the games have been absolute garbage. It just reinstates the fact that college football is so much better of a product. Although bowl season and the national championship kind of suck too. Um, this year, last week, yeah, yeah, this year. We'll blame COVID and hope it gets better next year. This week, the Packers blew out the Rams. The Bills, oh, God, in one of the ugliest games ever. It was 3-3 at halftime. ended up beating the Ravens 17-3. The Bucs did beat the Saints 30-20, but the game was closer than that. Mm -hmm. And then the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs had a big – this game wasn't terrible. The Chiefs had a big lead on the Browns, and then their quarterback went out, and the Browns came back, didn't end up – uh, completing the comeback, but that game finished twenty-two to seventeen. So the Bucks Saints game was great. The uh, Bucks defense was on fire. Got four turnovers. Set up Tampa Bay in really, really good scoring position. Drew Brees, unfortunately for him, but fortunately for the Bucks, since he's killed us over the years, um, probably played his last game. And it sucks to see people go out like that. Like, yeah. you'd much he, rather he see people go out. Definitely played his last game. Like watching him on yeah, the way out was, was kind of heartbreaking. It was painful. He, I mean, they were down by, they were down by ten in the fourth quarter with four minutes to go, and he was throwing like three yard out routes because he literally just could not throw the ball down the field, um, which sucks, right? Like it's great as a Bucks fan, it's great to win and move on, but I mean, you'd much rather see guys go out like you know, like Peyton did with the Super Bowl, sure. or like Kobe did scoring sure. sixty points, or you know, something like that. Jeter did hitting a walk off, so all kind of stuff, but. um, Man, that, you know, Drew Brees has been, it's kind of like the changing the guard. Phillip Rivers retiring, Drew Brees retiring. Uh, Brady will probably play one more year yeah. uh, after this. But I think he's you know, played one more new. year just because um, uh, Gronk has said, did an interview where he basically was like, oh, yeah, I'll be back next year for sure. And uh, 
I feel like he only came out of retirement for Brady. So I feel like he's done whenever Brady's done. Would you be so I wouldn't be super shocked if Brady will like leaves after like if the Bucks. I think win. he's there for two years. Well, he's if build, Bucks- he's building a house. I don't know. I just I, I think he's kind of here for more than uh yeah. More than I just wouldn't be shocked. I I'm not expecting it. Like I agree with you. Like I think even if the Bucks win the next two games, shoot, if they win the I Super Bowl, if back. I'm him, I ride off into the damn sunset. I, but I'm not I think he'll another- be back. I'm not playing another down. Hell no. Like I, I am winning the, because Mike drop. I just proved it's yeah. me, not Belichick. Out. It is I'm incredibly out. hard to repeat in the NFL, and the Bucks. You know, we'll talk about the upcoming game in just a sec. But the Bucks have gotten a semi favorable road in the playoffs. They got to play the under 500 team, and then they got to play Brady, who literally had no arms, and so like or Breeze. I'm sorry. And so if they can now upset the Packers and then it'll probably be a slight dog to Kansas City if they play them, probably a slight favorite if they play the Bills. But if they win those two, like I'm not taking the chances on that. Like I'm not taking the chances on not winning. Like I'm going out, I'm going out a blaze of glory. Like I'm going yes, out like yeah. a champion. Like there's no way I'm coming but back. I will you tell know. you the hardest thing for and I'm sure this is the case for every professional sport. It doesn't have to be football, but Peter Pan knowing when to grow up is literally the hardest thing about this game for these players. I, like I cannot tell you and and how many people I've watched just get sucked back in over and over again. And I, I, you know, when you have the talent that he has, it has to be at such a even more intense level than the average person. Yeah. Very few players know. And I was, I was talking to somebody about this today. I read a book. Um, it was a fiction book on a baseball player that that kind of knew when to hang it up, and it was due to other circumstances yeah. and stuff like that. But um, very rarely do guys know when to hang it up. They try to go for that one last ride, and, and they get paid really well to do it. Like if you got, I mean, I could go out there and throw six interceptions, and if they pay me millions of dollars to do it, like I'll just keep going back. Sure, like, heck yeah. I'm going to come back until you stop paying me. Um, yeah. Sometimes players do know, right? Like. Like Jeter knew when it was time. Kobe knew when it was time. So there are guys it's hard, that know. It's hard to know for sure. Um, and I think and it's so especially usually, hard to know if you feel like you have something left to prove. And so I think it's maybe easier if you're Jeter or if you're Kobe. It should be easier if you're Tom Brady. Like, right. You know, if you it's, win it this year, it should you have be easier left. for something like that because when you've won as much as they have, there is nothing left to prove. You have somebody, um, uh, you know, that just like take um, – God, now I'm going to draw a freaking blank. Uh, who retired today? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Okay, I totally. Uh, so take Philip Rivers, who never actually got that Super Bowl ring, right? Uh, that's got to be a hard decision for him. Yeah, I mean, and I think some of these guys also. The other, the other big difference is, um, you know, Brady. Brady's body is still in pretty good shape. Like he's sure, not, he's not Breeze or, I mean, right. Kobe struggled with injuries at the end of his career. And so did Jeter. And so like, that's kind of some of the other stuff too Absolutely. is. Well, when you Brady, physically really Brady physically could go another year. Um, but yeah, like Phillip Rivers, I mean, he got paid $25 million to go play for the Colts this year. And he had a pretty good season. Like the Colts did fairly well. They made the playoffs. They were competitive in the wild card game, but like 25 million, like maybe like, 200, 200, like 25,000 I'd go play. Like I'm, you know, like, so yeah, like with contracts and stuff that guys get signed to make one year runs and stuff like that. Like, you know, who knows? But yeah, I, I do think if the Bucks win, I still think he comes back. 
But I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he just said, like, hey, Tampa, I came, I did what I said I was going to do, yeah. and I'm out. You know? Yeah. Like, now you're on your own. <laughs> I showed you it's possible. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, Bucks Packers this weekend. The Packers are, man, all four teams are playing really well right now. It, it truly is like, I mean, I would have said, you know, Three weeks ago, I, I I obviously would have thought the Saints were a, a better team than the Bucks. Um, they had dominated the Bucks both times they played. I think they that were, it's incredibly difficult to beat the same team three times in one season, though. And yeah, then you can and, make that other Breeze, quarterback, Brady. Yeah. And Breeze was also fully healthy both times they played um, in week one and week six. I'm sorry. In, it was like week nine or so. After that, he actually got hurt in the Bucks game. It's come out that he was playing with like 11 broken ribs. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, a torn rotator cuff. Um, you know, listen, I know that you're going to make a joke with this, but I think the Saints would have had a better chance just playing Jameis the whole game. Like, no, I, you're, you could say you, you're smoking crack, TJ. Okay. I know this is crazy. And yes, I know you're, call me you're a homer, just a Jameis homer. Yes. Breeze, Breeze had three interceptions and no touchdowns. Jameis never did that. Like he never, uh, like you always, you a always, lot of interceptions in Tampa, but he, but he didn't go games without throwing touchdowns is what is my point. Like breeze was absolutely terrible. And Jameis could have come out and thrown three interceptions as well, but he would have at least been able to throw the ball more than three or four yards. Like Bree, I'm telling you, they would have had a better chance to win that. I'm not saying they win, but they would have absolutely had a better chance. Drew Brees was as effective as you or I out there. All like, right. We're going to have to so agree to disagree bad. on this because I mean, I, I just, I don't know. We're going to have to disagree. Agree I mean, to did disagree you watch, on this. Did yes. you watch Drew Brees? Do you think Jameis could have thrown the ball farther down the field? At least the interceptions would have been like 40 yards down the field, not like, you know, throwing. <laughs> How about the one where he was running to his left and then he was about to get hit and he just kind of like tossed it up and Davis picks it off and runs it back down to the two. Like, oh my gosh, he looked pathetic out there. So all that said, to go back to the green, I think the the um the Bucks, the Packers, the Bills and Chiefs are playing the oh, speaking of Jameis, Jameis finishes the year with the highest playoff quarterback rating of all time. Pretty incredible. Um for a guy that would not have made any difference in the game, in your opinion. Um, but I think all four of those teams are playing really, really well. I could see any of the four teams that are left winning it. I think yeah. the Bills' defense is incredible. The The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who is the best player in the game uh, today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing like the best quarterback Right now, you know, he's playing better than Mahomes. I, I mean, I think he's playing better than Brady. Brady had like 199 yards in the game. He wasn't super, super sharp. Uh, Rodgers is on another level right now. And the Bucks are probably playing as the most complete team. Like the offense is playing well. The defense was yeah. incredible on Saturday. So, I mean, I really just think any any of these four teams could win. I think that going to Green Bay and winning on the road is going to be tough. Um, Heck yeah. Like, that's never easy, but... You know, I I think it's doable. I, I you know, there's a reason it's only a three point spread. It's not like you know they're a two touchdown favorite or something like that. So, mm. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that the Bucks excelled on capitalizing on Breeze and the Saints' mistakes. Yeah. 
I think that the Packers are going to make less of those mistakes. I, I would be shocked if the Packers turn the ball over four times like the Saints did on Sunday. And so the Bucks have to get a little bit better on offense yeah. to kind of counteract that, right? You're probably right. not going to have a drive starting at the two-yard line again. You're probably not going to have a drive starting at the 18-yard line again due to a turnover. And so those are like sure thing touchdowns. When you give Tom Brady the ball on the two-yard line and then give him the ball on the 18-yard line, and then we had another drive start on our own or on their 40. So three drives basically in field goal range already, two inside the red zone, those are automatic, like like Brady scoring there, especially like with Mike Evans and Gronk, like you just throw the ball up, right? right, right. So I would imagine that Green Bay is going to be a little bit better than New Orleans. So I don't think we'll have those easy opportunities um, like we got this weekend. But I don't think Green Bay's defense is as good as New Orleans. So our offense should be better. So I don't know. I, I mean, Brady Rodgers – in Green Bay, in the snow, I don't know if it's going to snow or not, but it's in the cold. I mean, in the like, in Green Bay in January, yeah, it doesn't matter like, if there's snow or not, is going to be intense. It's going to be so much fun. Oh yeah, my god, it's going it, to be awesome. I and I don't know. I like the late games when I'm at home because it doesn't really matter. But like that, I, I kind of wish you because my game. kids are, yeah. don't distract me as much. This three o'clock crap that they're giving us and making the you know the Bills and Chiefs the late game. It's probably due to the cold, like not making an eight p.m. game for Green Bay. But yeah, anyway, should be a lot of fun. Um, and then I really don't know what's going to happen on the other side. I don't know how hurt Mahomes. Mahomes was in concussion protocol. I'm sure he's going to play. Um, but I think the Bills and Chiefs will be a lot of fun too. Uh, obviously, we'll enjoy the Bills and Chiefs more based on the result of the Bucks game. The Bucks, right. the Bucks lose. Like I, I think that happened. Yeah. Now we we played the Rams. I'm trying to think. Like I, I there, there have been times where like my team is lost in this situation, and I won't even watch the other game. Like I'm just like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like the whole thing is pointless at this point. Like it was a scam. Stop the count. I. This is not. Right. So, um, speaking of the NFL as well, um, your coach that we were just talking about, Coach Meyer, took a job with the Jags. What are your thoughts there? Um, you know, I it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I will say that. I think that Urban Meyer is great at scouting talent. I think that Urban Meyer is great at hiring really, really good assistant coaches. I am just very interested to see how his coaching style goes over with grown men players. Um, Part of Urban Meyer's effectiveness is the mind games that he plays with his players. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, basically listen to me and I can help you become an NFL player. Um, listen to me and I can help you put food on your table for your family. Um, things like that, which I don't think carry the same weight when you're talking to a bunch of guys who are making more money than you are. Um, I think he's going to have to come up with a different way to motivate them. And I think that the, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say this in a way that comes doesn't come across as incredibly negative because I'm really not trying to, but I I don't know that the the powerful ego that he wields uh, while coaching college kids 
will go over well in the NFL. I think he's going to have to adjust that kind of personality. I think it's going to be difficult for him to not have full control over things like his roster, which obviously he will have a say in, but that he is not going to be the final decision maker in that. I think it will be hard for him to have to answer to owners and GMs. So it's, will be interesting to see how flexible he is on things like that, because I really think the X's and O's will be great. What he sees in, you know, diamond in the rough talent will be great. The hires that he makes will be great. It's just whether or not his personality, um, will make it in the NFL. I, I honestly, I, I don't know that it's that he won't be successful. I don't think he lasts long though. Um, how many years over under mm, under six for sure. Probably under four. I'd say under four. Um, I'm not meaning, and I'm not, that doesn't mean he's getting fired because he's, I think it's much more likely he just steps away than it is that he gets fired. I think that this Jacksonville team will immediately win more games next year. I just don't know that I think he's cut. I'm picking first in the draft. So I hope so. Right. Well, (laughs) Um, I think it'll be, I I think he has a a personality similar to Nick Saban. And I don't think it's a personality that's, that is meant for the NFL, but it'll be interesting to see because I think, so one of the hires that he has made is Charlie Strong, who he's bringing, um, who was his D coordinator at Florida and obviously was at Florida even before Urban was there. Um, but Charlie Strong, at least at UF, was kind of the liaison between Urban Meyer and the players. He is very much a player's coach. He relates to them. He was never the type of coach to um, get on a power trip with his players at all. I think his personality is kind of more similar to that of Pete Carroll's. So I think it will be interesting because if Urban really does what he says he's going to do, which is that he is kind of going to sit back and and manage and let his assistant coaches coach, uh, then maybe this lasts for longer than we think, because if the people he puts in place are really good players, coaches, it might work out. I think Charlie Strong will be successful in the NFL. I think he has the type of personality um, that NFL players will relate to and appreciate. Um, So I think, you know, that's something that he has going for him. I hope if if rumors are true that he's going to bring DJ Durkin in, I think that would be a colossal mistake. I can't think of a um, coach that gets on more of an ego or power trip that I have ever met in college football, and that's saying something. Since I think you have to have a massive ego to coach college football in general. Yeah, so I guess like the positive optimist spin on some of this might be that Jacksonville was not a very good team. They'll be a relatively young team, mm-hmm. um, obviously probably taking Trevor Lawrence. And right. I completely understand. I think he'll agree. mesh with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He'll, so, he'll be so like I a think Tebow my, urban yeah, uh, my relationship there, there. My thought there is I agree with you when you say that um, he's not going to be able to treat NFL players like college players, um, but he's basically about to get a college senior Yes. And I think that in as his, in as his leader and then Trevor can maybe kind of be an extension of urban. Right. If that's his leadership personality, quarterbacks aren't always the most vocal leaders, but they tend to be more often than not in the NFL. And so that can, can benefit urban. The fact that he's going to have 
a young quarterback. Well, and I do think that the two of them will mesh. I don't obviously don't know Trevor Lawrence personally, but just from what I've seen, I, and I know what I personally know about Urban and Tim's relationship. Like, I think that that relationship can for sure be cultivated. He won't try and, so and Urban, screw with him Urban, mentally. Yeah. And even if he does, it again, it's like a college senior, right? Like, it's not him coming in and trying to do that with Philip Rivers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, yeah. right? It's, it's much different. So maybe that kind of works out in his favor. Again, Jacksonville is going to be a young team, a lot of draft picks. They're going to be yeah. trying to build up the roster. And so you will have some younger guys. I think, you know, Urban will probably leave Jacksonville in a better place than he found it. Again, not maybe hard to do when you're taking over the worst team in the league. Um, it's a division that's ripe for the taking. Phillip Rivers just retired from Indianapolis. You have to kind of wonder what they do at quarterback. Um, you know, Houston's in a lot of turmoil right now, a lot of reports and rumors that Deshaun Watson wants out of there. Tennessee's a good team, uh, won the division this year, uh, but is really just kind of a, you know, a defense and run the ball type team. And so even if you were to finish, I, I think the Jags could easily finish second in the division uh, next year. And so it, it, winning kind of fixes everything, right? Like if, if he comes in there and he's an a-hole uh, and they're still losing, that's an issue. If they can kind of come in and, and finish second, in the division, get close to 500, go eight and eight. Then I think, you know, it continues to go well for them there. Um, it's not like Tannehill is going to be around forever in Tennessee and running back shelf life. Talking about Derrick Henry there in Tennessee, I, you know, that's not like a running backs don't last for 15 years like Emma Smith anymore. So, um, I don't know. I think that it's a great situation for Urban. The fact that he's he's going to get Lawrence, um, and the division that they're in is is super helpful well, as well. It's not know, like he's going to the AFC North with like the Steelers and Browns. Part of the things that the Jags care about is selling tickets and you know what urban's going to do that for him supposedly they got 50 percent of their um season ticket money back within like the the 24 hours of or turned in within the 24 hours of announcing that urban was head coach like i think that the location really helps fans buy in because these people are familiar with urban and gator fans can say whatever they want but the man brought us two national championships you know, that's, uh, that's more than anybody else has brought to the table and Gator fans have an appreciation for him. Jacksonville is a Gator town. Um, people will sit in the stands to watch him. It's going to be fun, right? I don't think that it's a long-term <laughs> recipe for success, uh, but I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. Him. I'm excited to see what he brings, what wrinkles he brings. He, he is an incredibly innovative coach. It'll be, it almost reminds me, and I don't want you to laugh at this, but it almost reminds me of when Mark Richt went to Miami and the fact that he just re rejuvenated that organization or that, that program, right? Like right. again, they're, they're not world beaters. They're not back to being the Miami of old. They're not, you know, anything that strikes fear in the hearts of anyone relevant, but they win a consistent, you know, eight to ten. They beat all the teams they're supposed to beat, right? right like they, lose right. The, they, they lose to the good ones, but they beat all the teams. And so if, if Urban can do that and just get the Jags to where they're above 500, competing for a playoff spot, win a division here and there, that's all you want in the NFL. You just want to make the dance, right? Like the Bucks didn't win the division. They finished two and a half, They finished two games worse than the Saints and got blown out both times they played them. Yeah. But they made the dance. Like that's all that matters. Like, and then you win a couple games in there and you're there. You know, so that's all that matters. Um, 
And I think that's what he can get them back to. And if he's not there long-term, the average coach coaching life these days is since like 2003 is like 2.75 years. So, I mean, I think he gets over that. So if he gets to four or five, then great. He'll leave Jacksonville better than he found it. I, sure. I think again um, we, we're saying that because they're the worst team. Like they won't be the worst team in the league in three years. I no, hope. no. So I don't I mean, think they will be. But I just think I don't know. I picture Saban. I picture Spurrier. I I put Urban more in a category with them as opposed to a coach like Pete Carroll. Yeah, um, not many coaches have gone from college to pros and been super successful. Obviously, in the old days, Jimmy Johnson did. Pete Carroll's obviously had plenty of success as well, but yeah. more often than not, you see coaches kind of flop with that. Yeah. Right. So, It'll be um, interesting to watch, though. It'll be a fun ride. What do you think about him bringing in Jeremy Pruitt as his defensive coordinator? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess stranger things have, have <laughs> happened. Um. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I Jeremy Pruitt has uh his own uh his own He's got some time problems, now. but I guess yeah. the NFL would be probably where he'd look because nobody in college is touching him with a ten foot pole. Um now we should bring him back to FSU. Oh Our yeah, that'll go well. Eleven points a game when he was at Florida State for the last season. Like I think that he would be the answer to turn the defense around. Um what a mess Tennessee what is right now. What a mess. I mean, did you see did you see the report today about the McDonald's bags? Yes, that was insane. Insane. For those of you that that didn't hear this report. So, Tennessee's in big trouble, right? They self-reported a few weeks ago and we knew that things were potentially starting to unravel because when you as a university self-report, it's because you're trying to lessen whatever penalties coming. Right. Um, which we've actually found in the past that that's not actually in any way effective. You look at Florida state turning themselves in for, uh, helping players, whatever, with homework and a music class and the, the book being thrown at them. And then we look at USC basically just refusing to participate in any investigation and, and it might've actually worked out better for USC. Um, so the NCAA really does not, uh, make this maybe necessarily the smart choice, but regardless. So Tennessee starts to, to kind of self-report and then it comes out, you know, there's some recruiting violations. And I, I don't know the first thing that I think we heard about it was um, them paying for hotels for recruits coming for unofficial visits instead of official visits, which, you know, uh, not good, but not the end of the world or anything like super shocking. And then today we hear that, um, they were giving recruits bags of cash in McDonald's bags. Um, and apparently not even like in any way hiding it. Um, which even for college football where cash handshakes take place is still wild though. Yeah, no, it though. I mean, yeah, that happens, right? That happens at other places, not just Tennessee. Uh, well, but just uh, no, the it, brazen, yeah, it happens to other people, but it's I, not necessarily the McDonald's thing, but you know, good programs probably at least treat them to Chick Fil A. Um, but right, or if you're in Florida, if you're in Tallahassee, you get Guthrie's. If you're in, if you're in Florida, never mind. Um, did you see yeah, what Mark I, Stoops said about it? I didn't. Okay, so Mark Stoops was asked um, 
he did a radio interview a day or two ago and uh, on Tuesday, I believe. And they asked him about the internal investigation and the violations, which they're saying are going to be level one and level two violations, which are really serious. And his quote was, I've got to be careful in my response here. Did I see it coming? Yes. I'm grateful it came. Does it surprise me? No, not one bit. Um, which I, I mean, so this is apparently a pretty poorly kept secret, um, among college coaches, but I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. Um, Pruitt took over for Stoops at Florida state, right? He came in twenty. Yes. Which I, actually makes it kind of even more shocking because they're, yeah. you so know, you think that- in the same little brotherhood there. Well, they never coached together. Um, no, I know, but but like you think there might be a little jealousy that he left to take that job, and then Pruitt comes in, and I, it wouldn't have mattered if me or you were coaching that defense, you know? <laughs> like, no, because I mean, you know, he, he's the one that chose to leave. It's not like he was fired. He left to become a head yeah, coach. You know, point. so I can't. I, I think it would be different if you he was fired, away, uh, and then the next year yeah. they wanted or something. But he, he left on he his. He, he would have been the DC for the national championship if he had chose to stay. That was right. He's the one that made the choice. Um, I'm just saying, you think he regrets it a little bit? Like, if you knew you could leave anyway, like, would you stay one more year if you knew you were going to get a title? So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's SEC, got a pretty good job at Kentucky. He's safe there for however long he wants to coach. Uh, I hear a lot about uh, SEC East. I hear a lot of the SEC East fans giving Kirby a lot of grief for the way he recruits. So, uh, but supposedly, there seems to be. Florida and Tennessee that are getting hit with these violations recently okay, well, within the last month. Well, so Florida's are not new. It just hit the press recently. Um, but also yes, 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 yes. Within Mullen's tenure. Well, supposedly there's a huge investigation going on with Georgia right now. Um, well, I'm and, here. I haven't seen any sanctions handed out, but also the Tennessee and the Florida ones are not even within the same stratosphere. I'm not um, saying they are. I'm just saying um, there's a lot of talk about Kirby and it seems to be other coaches that have issues within your division. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know any stories about Kirby personally, so I definitely don't want to sit here and speculate by any means. Um, but recruiting certainly picked up when he got there, although winning hasn't necessarily like uh, he actually has a worse record at this point in his tenure at Georgia than uh, Mark Richt had in his tenure at Georgia. Um, now he did make the playoffs. But since he didn't walk away with anything, I don't know that that necessarily, you know, means a whole hell of a lot in the in the scheme of of things. And so it is interesting. And there are I have heard lots and lots of rumors, but I don't know personally anything about it. It'll be interesting to see if an investigation really is coming. We've heard that for a couple of uh, months now. But and Tennessee's, though, to be fair, we only know because Tennessee chose to tell us. Right. This isn't anything the NCAA has told us yet, has handed anything down about. We don't we know because Tennessee chose to tell us. We don't know because the NCAA did anything yet. Um all I know is that my man Kirby over there gets a lot of grief from you guys, and he's not the one getting sanctions, at least yet. So um well, I'm sure well, that'll be fair, get Tennessee isn't getting sanctions at least yet either. Oh, but it's been made known. I mean, oh, it's been made known for sure. 
So um, also though about the Florida ones for anyone listening that doesn't know what that is, um, I do think Florida it's a, cheated, and so Florida, we need to talk about it. Florida so this is confessional. So the Mullen cheated like that's cheating. Mullen he broke uh, the rules. Is that if, if it makes you feel better? Spoke to, to a that. recruit for longer than fifteen minutes while on an on-campus visit. And actually, I don't think it was Mullen. I think it was assistant coach. But a, a Florida coach talked to a recruit for longer than 15 minutes. They know because another college was waiting to speak to the same recruit, too. And so timed it. Um, and I don't know how long it went. I don't know if it went 17 minutes or it went three hours. I, I you know, I don't I don't know what the timing was in that. But that was one of the violations. And then another one of the violations was that a um, seven on seven program um with like a hundred kids was on their way to um a tournament and stopped at the swamp and were walking in the stadium and Mullen came out and said hi to them. Um which is was also a violation. I think I don't know if it was during a dead period or whatever it was, but that was also a violation. Um so you know breaking the rules. So you know they they had some uh, they lost some recruiting drays on the trail as a punishment. Um, but I would venture to say not anything that doesn't happen pretty much everywhere. And not it's the sad. end of the world. It's, it's sad when people just can't follow the rules. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm glad that you came and confessed you guys' sins. <laughs> um, with that kind of character, I just don't know how far you guys will ever go, to be honest. Um <laughs> Speaking of how far you'll go, you it's been two weeks. We didn't pick last week's game because we didn't record last week. But you had a really good week uh, two weeks ago on these picks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you remember that. But you did. So, in fact, you almost caught up. I had a bad week. So, let's look at it real quick. I'll recap these. And then we're only picking two games this week. Um but the first one, we both took the Bills to cover against the Colts. We both missed that. Uh, you took the Rams. I took the Seahawks. You got that one. The Bucks and the football team pushed, so I just threw that one out. It was minus eight. Um, you got the Ravens. I took the Titans. We both got the Saints correct. We both got the Browns correct, and then you got Alabama right. So you got one, two, three, four, five out of six, and I got two out of six. So I have I am 55 and 54 and you are 53 and 56. So you're only two back. Um so we're picking two games this week because there are only two games. You just need to pick opposite of me on both of them because you're not going to have enough time to get back, come back. Um like that's your only chance here. So I Kansas City is a three-point favorite against Buffalo. I like Kansas City to cover this, and I'll tell you, I like Green Bay to cover their uh, three points. So oh, you, you just perfect. want the other two? Well, I'll, yep, give me the other two. All right. I kind of made that easy for you because I knew that you wanted to pick the Bucks. So <laughs> if I lose this, I'm going to be pissed. Um, but I figure I'll just get one right and we'll split. Um, I think that's all we have. Do you have anything else that you can think of before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. That Any was, other recruiting uh, violations you'd like to tell us about? No recruiting violations I'd like to tell you about, but I'm going to launch my own investigation into Georgia because. All right, very good. By next week, I expect you to get me updated on how Kirby's been cheating. Perfect. Well, he's I'll been putting on you that. guys' water in Jacksonville or whatever he's been doing. 
<laughs> He's definitely been sliding some uh, Chick-fil-A bags of cash somewhere. I think I just take the Chick-fil-A. Like, just give me the, I mean, I take the cash too, don't get me wrong. But McDonald's, I mean, it is Knoxville, I guess. So it's, it's kind of a nice restaurant there. So, um, all right, we'll do it again next week. Maybe, maybe we'll take a week off again. Who knows? But um, we appreciate all the support and love, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>